you rise in glory as you sink in pride brought to you by the universal law of nature number one, the law of balance. You will know by now through following this blog that the first law of the universe is the law of balance. Translated into nature's universal law it reads something like, nature seeks a balance in all things. You can witness this balance in the tide, weather, temperature, day and night, COVID and no COVID, war and peace, health and disease, conservation and destruction. The world is operating absolutely as intended under the auspices of the first universal law, the law of balance. This is why most democracies are in a state of confusion because the ultimate realization with transparent communication is that half the people will vote for half the party and half the other people will vote for the other half party. With this hung parliament, minority groups become powerful because they sell their votes for concession. This is perfectly an example of the universal law of nature number one, the law of balance. You will also be powerfully wise by knowing that every human thought is also a balance. Every high emotion has its counteractive or counterbalancing low emotion. And with this knowledge we approach human behavior and human awareness knowing that the more polarized a person is to one side of a coin the more polarized they are on the other but probably not in public. We also know that this law of balance applies to the spoken word when, we speak in brave tone on the outside, we were repress and suppress the voice that is balancing this out a voice on the inside. That repression doesn't work and ultimately leads to disease. We also know that in a home if a parent represses aspect of themselves, the child will express it. So in some beautiful magical way in this beautiful magical world of nature we cannot lie. What we hide from others they express to us. If you lie to people and keep it a secret then they will lie to you or defy you and not keep it a secret. Human nature is absolutely 100% compliant with this first law of nature but most people are not wise enough to understand it and would rather use rules and regulations that don't work. An example of such a regulation is in the Ten Commandments Thou shall not lie. Well find me a person on earth who tells 100% the truth about what they feel even if it hurts someone else's feelings. It's impossible. And so sometimes the rules we think are etched in stone are actually put there to control our behavior en masse. So now under this umbrella of the universal law of nature number one, nature seeks a balance in all things, I would like to address today's topic which is rise in glory sink in pride. Pride therefore cannot be all bad. There must be a positive and a negative aspect to pride. So this quote was written from about the third level of mind, the emotional level, in which we know that many people have emotional disturbance in their life and work, and the quote is trying to pacify that. This quote is also common in Bible and other religious books in some form or another. So let's first talk about the positive aspect of pride. Pride empowers us by recognizing the merit of the work we have put into this period of time to achieve what we've achieved. Therefore pride is a very powerful instrument in self-sufficiency. Pride is also important in causing bonds between people and what they work on. If we don't have pride in the quality of our work it may slip to garbage. Pride is also a positive aspect of self-respect. When somebody asks us to do something that is way below our station we can sometimes say no, thank you I'm too proud to stoop to that. Pride also keeps us immune from the bipolar mind. Pride anchors us in a tribe or community, family and friends, who would ostracize and criticize us if we became fundamental or radical in our thinking and judgment. So pride has a very important function in life and we can't throw it out like the baby with the bathwater. But, like all things, there are two sides to the coin, nature seeks a balance in all things, and pride is one of them. To understand the downside of pride we must understand the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. If I take credit for all that I do, if I become so proud of what I do, I start to develop an emotional high based on success to the degree that I go up I must come down. And when people fall badly after something goes wrong it is absolutely caused by pride. That person may be proud of their financials, 
proud of their goodness, proud of their achievements, proud of their reputation. And when we have this pride we are stressed of our brain making sure that the things we are proud of are never taken away from us. Unfortunately, nature can be a bitch. Whatever we become attached to, or written in today's language, proud of, will be threatened by nature because our attachments can block our evolution and growth. Hence the downside of pride which makes us attached and therefore pulls us down into the got to state of mind, bipolar thinking and stress and terrorism on a local scale. So in a job interview, or a relationship interview, pride can play a two-faced role. The first face it can show is that this person believes in themselves and aspires to be great. The second one will demonstrate that this person who is proud will fall harshly on their own sword if things don't go to their own way and therefore they will be extremely high maintenance, extremely emotionally vulnerable, and expensive. If you can handle both sides of pride then you have come to a place of consciousness and wisdom and love on the word pride. If you want the upside without the downside you have come to a place of self-esteem, ego, which always aspires to a one-sided coin. And do you know how many one-sided coins there are in the universe? I will leave you to ponder that question. Right now I'm sitting on a sun-soaked balcony overlooking the magnificent Bondi Beach. I'm drinking a health juice as part of a five-day juice cleanse and feeling magnificent. The cleaner is cleaning the house, my partner is away on business, my new laptop is waiting to be unpacked while this one I am working on is only one years old and in perfect working condition. Beside me are our new gravel bikes from Switzerland. My iPhone is the latest and I'm speaking this text through a very sophisticated microphone that is attached to my shirt. With all this I could have cause to be proud of where I am. But I do not want the downside of pride which is becoming attached to all these things as some micromeasure of my existence on this earth. As I have learnt from the long trajectory of my life everything can be taken away as quick as it arrived and I do not want to live in I've got to state of bipolar stress worrying that somebody is going to steal my laptop or block my view. And therefore I choose not to make pride center of my universe. The center of my universe is the purpose that I cannot achieve. And so all these things that I've described above are not things to be proud of but necessities for me to have to deliver the work of my purpose. Now you may argue that I could live my purpose with a backpack on Bondi Beach. And that is the absolute truth. I don't need the latest M2 MacBook Air. I don't need the latest iPhone, and I don't need to be connected via Telstra the most expensive phone service to the internet. But I also believe that I've been gifted with a purpose and that my job is not to live life in hardship in order to validate people living in glory. My job is to do to myself what I wish others to do to themselves. I treat myself as a global warrior in my purpose. I work hard and long and happily to reconnect people to the laws of nature so that we bring the magic of a human being in nature back to the urban life of corporate jobs and families. It's a much harder job than I thought it would be when I started this about 30 years ago. I have had innumerable ball distractions, I have from time to time been preoccupied, and I have from time to time been given the choice to give up. And through all of these challenges, call them chaos, the one thing that has remained unflinching is my purpose in life. And so I justify where I am and where I sit right now and what I own and the glory of having the blessings of wealth, only because it helps me reach more people and serve my purpose better. When we have inspiration at the core of our life, which means squeezing the lemon and finding love and joy every moment of life, we recognize our own ignorance. Because if I am sitting here and not able to celebrate the gifting of these assets that I have accumulated around me to enable me to do my work then I'm going to be leaving the lemon half-squeezed. A half-squeezed lemon would make me search for another lemon and another lemon and another lemon. This quest to escape the moment is the torment of a bad life and a sad life. So the first experience we evolve through is learning how to squeeze the lemon in every second of life. A great example of this is in a workshop I held in Canada, Halifax, there were 120 people seated at tables. I had 120 red roses delivered one to each person. 
I asked each person to celebrate that red rose in any way they wanted including being able to give it to somebody else, to smell it, to feel it to do whatever they chose with that red rose. After 15 minutes of turmoil everybody was so happy to have celebrated this beautiful moment in time with some magnificent red roses. I then asked everybody to pick up their rose and scrunch it up into pulp in their bare hands. People looked at me and asked why and I said I don't have to have a why I'm just suggesting you try. More than half the people in the audience that's 60 out of 120 refused. They were so proud of the love they had for this rose and the shape it was in they could not let it go. They wanted the rose to be exactly as they saw it. They wanted the rose to be something they could give to somebody and they'd already imagined taking it home. These 60 people love their roses like they love their life. Gripping it protecting it defending it and being a great lover of roses. The other 60 people did screw their rose up then I asked them to throw their petals in the air and shape with joy. Now the question became why? The third universal law of nature says that nothing is ever missing it just changes in form. But can we really do this when it's something we are attached to and proud of? The answer is absolutely not and that's why people cry at funerals. But the flow of life is not built out of the things we attach to. For example a marriage is never permanent. The bond between two people is not meant to be forever, but we attach to somebody like 60 people in a workshop attached to their rose and the rose became part of them, part of their being and now you can see an enormous disparity between love and pride. When a new client comes into my world, my first duty is to love them unconditionally. That is not in any way corrupt or sexual, it is a way to be a great consultant. I see the two sides of each emotion they experience. I recognize in them where they're at and I honor that. I recognize in them through a vision quest where they want to be and the difference between where they're at and where they're going. The first and most difficult piece of my love, which I call for the sake of business inspiration, is to teach a person to be happy with what they've got and in my language love it before they leave it. What does this mean? It means the cancellation of pride. A person might be proud that they are married that they have kids that they built a house that they stayed together through thick and thin. And this we start to call love. But it is far from love. It is a thing that has its upside and enormous equal and balanced downside. We say that we stay together in a marriage because of the kids and now we have become proud of the children and their behavior and this we call love mistakenly. To love something is not to be proud of it. And not to be ashamed of it. To love something is to see absolute perfection in it as it is. A person in a bad marriage is facing a teacher every day in the form of the partner that they have stopped being proud to be with. Learning how to get off the bandwagon of pride, and step into the realm of love it before you leave it, gives us the freedom of it of detachment. A detached and love. An attached person, with pride in their relationship or whatever cannot love. When the day comes that we finally say we love it, we don't necessarily have to leave it. And then we have the dilemma, why stay? When we get to the point that a relationship does not challenge us as well as support us, support can be in the form of challenge because it is supporting us to grow as a human and learn how to love instead of being proud of how long we've been together. And challenge can be to recognize that we love somebody that we don't like anymore or doesn't challenge us anymore, which is an inversion of what most people would consider support and challenge in a relationship. Then the decision to leave will be because we love the person, but can no longer invest the energy in building relationship with that person, which ultimately means, the second part of the vision inspiration process, our vision and their vision are different. When we say love it before you leave it what we are saying is to learn how to cancel pride. Pride is attachment and as I've said earlier it has its benefits but it also blocks love and that is its biggest drawback. We mistake pride in our relationships, pride in our work, pride in our children, pride in our self-achievement, pride in our wealth, for love because sometimes the chemicals that are released through pride in the human body are identical to the chemicals released with unconditional love. So this error is not accidental in the construction of a being. 
the very deliberate part of nature's plan and what it says is that no matter where you are in life you will recognize the feeling of love. It has also been shown that chocolate also releases the same chemicals that are released in a state of inspiration and love. And when love is missing, where pride has replaced love or shame has replaced love as the two sides of pride must go together, we often gravitate toward chocolate as a substitute. And it's a great one because it makes us feel and reminds us how important love is. The day that we forget this no matter how much you earn in business or how clever you think you've become in managing life if pride, or chocolate, replaces love permanently then there is going to be a wake-up call of tsunami proportions. My mission in life is to prevent them. That is the end of this long episode sitting here in the sun basking in the glory of fresh air at Bondi Beach, ready to open my brand new M to MacBook Air laptop, ready to take my next coaching call on my new iPhone and take another Orchard Street juice. All the things I do not need to be proud of but I do need to squeeze the lemon and remember how important these assets and others are for my ability to sit here in the perfect place and generate the perfect blog for you the reader right now. With Spirit. Chris.